Much of what we experience as parents has a common thread from one family to the next. Up until now, you've heard me share some of those conversations, from changing diapers to being prepared for having a child. At one point or another, though, those paths diverge as we each were raised in certain ways and have grown up in our own unique ways. This is what informs our decisions as a parent and how eventually we'll teach our own children. For much of my life, I was brought up in an environment where the phrase follow the child is the guiding principle. And while there are many approaches to how we can navigate the waters of raising a child, the one we have stuck with here in our household and in my family is a Montessori approach. Today, we're talking about what the meaning is behind a Montessori education and how adopting this philosophy can help to answer the age-old question of nature versus nurture. As always, you can join the conversation over at montessoridad.substack.com. There are countless books and organizations that you can find in order to better understand what Montessori philosophy is. And from there, you can dig even deeper into how to go about incorporating Montessori both into your home and what that looks like in terms of schooling. To make things simple, though, I thought I would stick to just a nice history lesson to get us started. Some of that history will come from reputable sources, and the other part is going to come from my own rich history with Montessori. So let's start with a brief history of Montessori from the book, The Montessori Toddler by Simone Davies. Dr. Maria Montessori was one of the first female doctors in Italy in the late 1800s. She worked at a clinic in Rome, tending to the poor and their children. She not only treated her patients' health, but also provided them with care and clothing. In an asylum in Rome, she observed children with emotional and mental disabilities who were sensorially deprived in their environment. In one case, she noticed that they were picking up crumbs, not to eat, but to stimulate their sense of touch. She proposed that education, not medicine, was the answer for these children. Dr. Montessori did not begin with any preconceived methodology. Instead, she applied the same objective and scientific observation practices from her medical training to see what engaged the children, to understand how they learned and how she could facilitate their learning. She immersed herself in educational philosophy, psychology, and even anthropology, experimenting with and refining educational materials for these children. Eventually, the majority of the children passed state examinations with marks higher than children without disabilities. Dr. Maranasori was hailed as a miracle worker. She was soon able to test her ideas in the Italian education system when she was invited to set up a place in the slums of Rome to care for young children while their parents worked. This was the first Casa dei Bambini, House of Children, which opened in January 1907. It was not long before her work drew interest and spread internationally. Montessori schools 
and training programs are now on every continent except Antarctica. In the United States alone, there are more than 4,500 Montessori schools, and there are 20,000 worldwide. There are more than 20 Montessori schools for a population of around 800,000 catering to children from infancy to 18-year-olds in Amsterdam alone. Larry Page and Sergey Brin, founders of Google, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, former first lady, and Gabrielle Garcia Marquez, Nobel Prize winning novelist, all attended Montessori schools. Dr. Montessori continued to work in education and develop her ideas for children of all ages as she moved around the world, including living in India and in exile during World War II, until her death in 1952 in the Netherlands. She called her work an education for life. In other words, not just for the classroom, but for our daily lives. As I mentioned, there are countless organizations that support the understanding of and continued education of Montessori philosophy. The one I have always been drawn to and have followed along with throughout my own teaching career, and now as a parent, is the American Montessori Society, or AMS. Montessori educators view children as naturally eager and capable of initiating and pursuing learning, guided by their own interest. To support children as they learn, Montessori schools provide thoughtfully prepared, age-appropriate environments that nurture children's cognitive, social, emotional, and physical development. Regardless of the type of Montessori school, for example, independent, private, or public charter, secular, or faith-based, the American Montessori Society recognizes five components as critical to high-fidelity implementation of the Montessori method. So I'd like to take a look at those five components together from AMS so that you have a better idea as to what you're looking for when it comes to embracing a Montessori education for you and your child. The first component is the teacher, or a trained Montessori teacher at best. A properly credentialed Montessori teacher understands the importance of enabling children to develop naturally. The teacher observes children within a specific age range and introduces them to challenging and developmentally appropriate lessons and materials based on observation of each child's unique interests, abilities, and social, emotional, cognitive, and physical development. A trained Montessori teacher is well-versed not only in Montessori theory and philosophy, but also accurate and appropriate use of the materials. They have observational skills to guide and challenge their students, a firm foundation in human growth and development, and the leadership skills necessary for fostering a nurturing environment that physically and psychologically supports learning. To acquire these unique skills, it's essential that Montessori teachers receive training in that age level in which they teach. AMS, for instance, recognizes Montessori teaching credentials issued by AMS, the Association Montessori International, or AMI, or by any other Montessori teacher education programs that are accredited by the Montessori Accreditation Council for teacher education. So as you see, it's important to not just want to teach, but how specifically to teach in a philosophy and in a way that's going to further develop a child's mind, body, and even spirit, if you want to be honest. The second component is pretty unique and fascinating in my opinion, and that's the multi-age classroom. Traditionally, 
we're used to seeing kids perhaps in the same age, but they're all in first grade or in second grade or in third grade. And in Montessori schools, multi-age groupings enable younger children to learn from older children and experience new challenges through observation. Older children reinforce their own learning by teaching concepts they have already mastered while developing leadership skills and serving as role models. And because each student's work is individual, children progress at their own pace. There's cooperation rather than competition between the ages. This arrangement mirrors the real world in which individuals work and socialize with people of all ages and dispositions. In a Montessori classroom, students work together in mixed age groupings specific to the developmental stages for which Montessori education is based. Though some schools may alter these age groupings for reasons such as state regulations, best practices in Montessori follows these age groupings. For infants within a range of birth to 18 months, toddlers within a range of 15 months to three years, early childhood is defined as ages two and a half to six, lower elementary ages six to nine, upper elementary ages nine through 12, or combined lower and upper elementary ages six through 12 and secondary ages 12 to 15 and 15 to 18, or 12 to 14, 14 to 16, and 16 to 18. Perhaps the most unique concept when it comes to Montessori is the materials themselves. And there's a unique way of using those materials far more than any textbook. We call this a hallmark of Montessori education. And in the definitions of Montessori, it's a hands-on approach to learning and the use of specific, specially designed learning materials. Beautifully and precisely crafted, Montessori's distinctive learning materials each teach a single skill or concept. These materials follow a logical, developmentally appropriate progression that allows the child to develop an abstract understanding of a concept. The next concept or component is child-directed work. And to me, this couldn't be any more important for not only a child's development, but just real life skills. Montessori education supports children in choosing meaningful and challenging work that captures their interest, not just what they're told to learn, leading to engagement, intrinsic motivation, sustained attention, and a sense of responsibility to oneself and others at every age. This child-directed work is supported by the design and flow of the Montessori classroom, which is created to ignite each child's curiosity and to provide the opportunity to work in calm, uncluttered spaces, either individually or with peers. In a Montessori classroom, children are free to move around and explore. In fact, Dr. Maria Montessori, the founder, as you remember, of the movement more than a century ago, designed her classrooms with that in mind. Teachers guide children and keep them on the path of learning and ensure that the classroom environment is respectful, orderly, and productive. And from that work, one of the next components is an uninterrupted work period. You see, in Montessori classrooms, we have what we call an extended period of free choice time called the uninterrupted work period, which recognizes and respects individuals' variations in the learning process. During the work period, students have time to select and work through various tasks and responsibilities at their own pace, without interruption. A child's work cycle involves selecting an activity, performing the activity for as long as they are interested in it, 
cleaning up the activity and returning it to the shelf and selecting another activity. During the work period, teachers support and monitor the students' work and provide individual and small group lessons. These uninterrupted work periods facilitate the development of coordination, concentration, and especially independence. For each of the Montessori program levels, AMS recommends the following periods of uninterrupted work time. For an infant and a toddler, at minimum, a daily two-hour work cycle. The time blocks allow for adult-assisted mealtime, snacks, hygiene, as well as nap and rest routines. When it comes to early childhood, at minimum a two-hour work cycle, four days per week, a three-hour uninterrupted work cycle, five days per week, is optimal, though. At the elementary stage, at minimum, again, a two-hour work cycle, four days per week. A three-hour uninterrupted work cycle, five days per week, is, again, the optimal choice. And when you get to the secondary stage, at minimum, again, a two-hour work cycle for core curricular subjects, math, English, history, or humanities, sciences, as well as additional world languages. So there you have it. A brief history of where the concept of Montessori education came from, as well as what it looks like in practice. We when you come back, I'm going to give you a bit of my own personal history of Montessori. When two people meet and fall in love, and I mean truly, every aspect of their being is connected, and it's almost as if they have become one human being and live life happily from that point on. My parents, Joseph and Dolores, are the perfect example of love at its best. But that's a whole other story, though, one that by far would be better told by them. The reason I'm sharing this, though, with you is that because of them and their equal passion for life, that I am where I am now, and more importantly, they are the ones who initially introduced me to this Montessori philosophy. Sometime in the early 1980s, my father was doing his research on what type of education he was going to put his firstborn child into. In his reading, he came across the teachings of Maria Montessori and how much of a life philosophy her ideas were. This is a slightly amusing that my father, the Wall Street executive, would be the one to discover this and not my mom. 
But the irony and the beauty of this will be more clear as the podcast progressive. And if that's not a reason to keep listening, I don't know what is. There are not many people that can recall their time spent in preschool, but it goes to show you how meaningful this philosophy of Montessori is, because those days still out stand out in my mind. Granted, there's only one incident that truly stands out, but the fact that I can remember that says a lot for what Montessori stands for. I was born in New Jersey, and I attended my first Montessori school at the age of two, Apple Montessori. It was a small school, a home-type setting of a school. As I mentioned, there are not many times most folks can recall about their younger years, and the same goes for me. But there's one instance that I can remember of that time in my life. At the time, we were learning about the United States. As with all Montessori settings, the learning is hands-on, and the materials in the rooms help promote that style of learning. Well, at this age, there's a lot of coloring going on, and of course, being able to color in between the lines. Something you'll notice right away with me is that I'm no genius. My own mother can tell you that. I've never been a bad student, both academically or behavior-wise, but I also was not this overachiever either. This map activity was no different for me. The assignment was to simply take the map of the United States that our teacher had given us and color in the different states. At this point, classrooms still had globes in the room, so there was no excuse for me not to be able to understand how to color in the map. I wish I had kept my first attempt at this activity to compare it, but I imagine that my map must have looked similar to a map colored using one's feet instead of their hands. Needless to say, this was not an acceptable way to complete this assignment. Apparently, I was the only one who didn't understand the assignment because the next thing I knew, I found myself sitting at the front of the room next to the teacher's desk. Where are the other students, you ask? Good question. Well, they were all sitting in front of me, silently reading and watching me attempt the MACD activity again. This one I know turned out wonderful. The reason I know this is because even to this day, that colored United States map hangs in the hallway of my parents' house. For me, it's more than a drawing, though. And although you might be telling yourself, and I say the same thing, this may not have been the best approach to having a kid complete an assignment the right way, and it most certainly was not a Montessori approach entirely, it did teach me an important lesson. That is, what Montessori to me is all about. You see, a student learns not only the academics, but if the lesson is done right and the teacher teaches with love and logic, a child will discover something valuable about who they are and how they learn. That had happened for me, and each time I see that picture, I'm reminded of what I learned about myself. As I mentioned, I'm not the smartest man on the planet, but I'm a worker. With my work ethic and passionate mind, I know I can accomplish anything. And that's what a Montessori philosophy stands at at its core is allowing a child to see their own potential, not what the potential is that the world has placed on them, but what they've envisioned, what they feel, and what they truly want to explore. And that is a rare and beautiful thing in this world. Thank you for listening to my journey through fatherhood here on Dad's Cry 2. From this point forward, each entry is going to have a mix of my own parenting style through the Montessori lens, as well as what Montessori education looks like in real life practice. If you've got a question related to being a father, or even just parenting in general that you'd like to be answered, and 
more importantly, questions about Montessori, head down to the show notes and click on the link to send me an email. I'd love nothing more than to be of support. Lastly, be sure to sign up for the newsletter that accompanies this show over at montessoridad.substack.com. You'll get parenting advice and support from a Montessori lens directly to your inbox, as well as weekly discussions to help get you, the listener, the parent, involved. Until next time, take care of yourself out there, parents.